Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. I hope that this conversation is streaming into your ears as you're having a fantastic day today. Maybe you're driving somewhere really exciting right now, or you're just driving into work for the day. Maybe you're working on a really cool project, like sanding down a cedar canoe, and you wanted to throw something on that would be inspiring and nourish your soul. I like to imagine that people are doing really cool things while they listen to the podcast. And really, whatever you're doing right now, it is important and it is meaningful because it's you who's doing it. And you're here and you're alive. So what could be more amazing than that alone? Anyway, we've got an amazing episode in store for you today, a conversation with Reverend Robin King, our minister here at the Basha United Church and at the Pinocchio United Church. And this week, we decided to talk about how difficult it can be to sustain a feeling of inspiration and how to keep anything that is life-giving alive. If you haven't been keeping up with the podcast, you should really take a minute and check out some of the recent episodes. This summer, we've had some amazing guests on the show, and over the next couple weeks, I'll be posting some more interviews with guests that include Steve Whittington, talking about his Mount Everest expedition, and the incredible Trig Pittman, my wife's cousin, who is an 11-year-old rancher in Kyle, Saskatchewan. And our family is heading out to Saskatchewan tomorrow to go camping with Trig's family, And I'm planning on bringing my recording gear so that I can sit down with Trig and discuss the meaning of life over a cup of coffee. I'm not sure if he drinks coffee yet or not. He is only 11, but he has some incredible and often hilarious thoughts that you will not want to miss. So thank you again for joining us today. I hope you enjoy this episode of the show. And please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on your podcast app leave a short review or rating, and share your favorite episodes with friends and family who could use some spiritual sustenance or just something to listen to while they mow the lawn or walk the dog. That's what I'm often doing when I listen to podcasts, that or driving. So maybe not as exciting as sanding a cedar canoe, but if you are doing something that's really different right now while you're listening, I would love to hear about that. You can get in touch with me by email at sixwaysfs at gmail.com and uh, let me know what you're up to. You can also shoot me an email if you've got someone in mind who would be a great guest on the show and I will get in touch with them and see if we can make that happen. So thanks again for listening today and here is Robin. Welcome back on the show, Robin. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for the coffee, Ben. You're very welcome, as always. So it's been a few weeks since we've sat down together at the microphones because we've had some guests on the show the last the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, which has been awesome. Um, but uh, I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to to get you back in the the studio, get you back in the saddle, and uh, the conversation that I've been wanting to talk with you today about is something that it's not even just necessarily something that applies to. Uh, our spiritual lives, but it's just kind of a life in general sort of topic. And that okay. is how we keep something alive that we want to sustain in our lives. So that could be um, spiritual enrichment, um, any kind of inspiration in general. It could be something that you've been learning about and trying to apply to your life, um, being more present, more grounded, uh, personal growth, professional development, you know, we go to, we go to courses or we go and watch a Raptors game and get all excited or watch a great movie or go and see a great art performance and get really inspired and, 
and have you, some, some new thought or some new inspiration that we, we want to apply that to our lives. And then inevitably you go back home or you, you go back to your kind of routine and it's hard to sustain that. So what gave me the thought is I was talking to Jackie uh, yesterday about this uh, leadership course that she and I and, and your wife, mm-hmm. Lori, the three of us went to Edmonton and, and took this course called Being a Leader with Unstoppable Conversations. And it was amazing. So over the course of three months, there were six full days, two days, and then a month later, another two days, and then a month later, another two days, back to back. And it was really intense. And after each of these two-day pairs of, of days, you'd go back to your life for like a month. And what every, there was about 23 people or so in the course, and what everybody talked about when we'd come back the next time was how difficult it was to take the principles, the ideas, the concepts, um, and all this new information and inspiration that we were gaining through the course and to continually sustain that because there's all this momentum of your status quo that you have habits and you have routines and you have a, this these ways of being that you kind of default back to uh, without meaning to or without even being aware of. So they, in the course, they have this term that they refer to as the, the tranquilized obviousness of life that you just kind of go in through the motions. And that's not just applicable to a leadership course. It, it made me think about and when I was talking with Jackie yesterday, we were talking about how, well, that's kind of like church too, or anything in life. So I know in the past, you've talked about how a Sunday morning worship service isn't just this thing that brings us all together to have one hour of, you know, fill up your spiritual tank and, and feel good for an hour and then go back to your normal life and, and, and forget everything that, uh, that came up during that, that morning service. The idea is to have that, that fellowship and have that worship inspire your, your living over the next six days. So I'm really curious what thoughts you have around, uh, some of the ways that, that we as humans, we as people of the way, as Christians, or whatever someone happens to believe, um, ways that we can try to sustain that feeling. Or can you? What, do you? what are your thoughts on that? That's a lot. I know. That's, that's, not, even like, um, that's not even fair to leave you with that, that's a lot. that as a question. Uh, but. Well, the thing is, okay, so the thing is, um, I think, first of all, um, first of all, sustaining, uh, just even the word, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of sustain. Um, because to me, sustain implies that you're trying to keep up something that like it, the very nature of trying to keep it up means it needs to be kept up. It's, it's not life giving. It actually requires your life in order to keep it. Right, mm-hmm. and which means like its nature it, is to fade away. Its its nature is to, in fact, yeah, fade away. Well, as a pianist, um, do you think about like this? There's a, a pedal. There's literally a pedal on a the sustain, piano yeah. called a sustain pedal, and yeah. it helps that note to to, to be last sus- longer. To last longer. Um, and so, okay, so here, the, the, yeah, um, uh, there, right there, I think maybe is a really good. That's a really good starting place, um, because sustain implies 
uh, out of necessity that the thing that you're trying to sustain by its own nature will fade away. Um, so the thing is, you can't, and, and this I think is what you experience when you do uh, uh, a course that inspires you or or say you happen to watch the Raptors win the NBA title um, and, and realize it was Canadian team populated almost exclusively by Americans. Or say you watch St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup, which... It turns out is an American team populated mostly by Canadians, um, <laughs> and it, 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 it's uh, uh, it, it, you're in that moment, and then the moment's gone, and it fades, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, for some reason, with us, moments of joy and inspiration tend to fade faster than moments of sadness, right? Uh, because in theory, people will tell you the same thing. Uh, the same thing happens when um, when you're when you're grieving, right? Is that you know the the grief will fade over time? It doesn't, by the way. Um, your life expands around it. Yeah, and we've so, talked about that before. Yeah, so because um, because you know it's right there. You know something reminds you, uh, or something uh, touches your senses in a way that reminds you of that moment, and you're right there again, right? Wouldn't it be cool if that same thing could happen with those moments of energy and inspiration? And uh, my, my response to that is, it can, in fact. Yeah, it really um, can, I think. So, um, and you know it can. And, and that's the thing is that we, we think, we think uh, sometimes I think that we have a moment of inspiration and we're good. We're done. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, no. <laughs> That's why that's that's why you should go to church every week, Ben. Exactly. Um, that's why you need to keep going to your, your these kind of leadership events. It's why you need to keep taking educational courses. It's why you need to keep. It's even why you need to keep taking a nice walk in the evening. Um, it's it's part of. It's not just part of what. Um, and we often say on Sunday morning, right, that it refreshes you. It's not just about refreshment. It's about re-energizing, right? Um, and uh, whether you say re-energizing or say energizing because it's new, whatever, the point is that it's cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we get inspired. We have energy. We're good to go. Um, but it's not long, and it depends on how inspired, right, or what it is we're engaged in. It's not long before that starts to uh, diminish, let's dissipate, say diminish yeah. and dissipate. Yeah. And we, we need another hit. That's all oh, that's bad language. Okay. <laughs> but, but yes, that's actually entirely true. It's also true that no matter how inspiring we think we are or inspired, we think we are, we can, uh, find ourselves in an experience where that same energy and spirit is in fact, literally sucked out of us because of the kind of experience we're having. And here's the thing about these Events. I would have just done air quotes there. Events, because whether it's Sunday morning church or or the kind of workshop thing that you're talking about, or um, like I can remember. Oh, somebody uh, somebody just recently said to me that our church board meetings are like this. That <laughs> they they go to the board meeting, and, and you know it's a church meeting, so you're thinking, oh, he he's going to say it sucks the life out of him. Um, but no, what he said was, the, and and having just been at a major bigger church meeting, what he said was the difference is when he goes to a church board meeting. We have great conversation and ideas come out and there's creativity happening and people feel, and he goes away feeling inspired. But how often have we been to the opposite, right? We go mm-hmm. to a meeting where we're not, or, yeah. or even, you know, you go to the, the, uh, uh, you know, like game six of the NBA finals and it's a, it's, it turns out to be a great game and Raptors win and they win the thing. They win the whole show and everything. How many times did you go to a game where you thought, oh man, this is in the crapper and it just kind of sucks the life out of you. 
right? You're you're not only you're not only not inspired, you start to go the other way. So you experience right? a net right, uh, right. loss and, of and so that can happen in any of these experiences, sure. right? So so your goal, uh, I think, the goal of gathering uh, people together, um, and uh, whether you use the language of worship or service or gathering, right? However you describe that. It is literally a gathering of people, right? Um, that you that come together. Um, it, your your goal is for people to leave um, inspired, empowered, um, uh, energized, whatever language you want to use. You want them up, right? Um, and uh, that that doesn't always happen, but but that's your goal. So how are you going to do that? And so uh, we just had Pentecost. In the church, right? The Feast of Pentecost. Yeah, I was going to um, ask you about that. So, which is about the Holy Spirit, um, and uh, and it's it's a moment. And see, the, it, it, I think the very fact that we have a story that is this kind of moment ought to remind us that the opposite often happens. <laughs> the story is that the disciples were all together. This is after Jesus has is gone, right? And. Uh, the disciples are all together. It's called Pentecost because it's 50 days after Passover, right? It's, it actually is a Jewish festival. It's a, it's a harvest festival. Um, so, oh, so I think this, it's called the Festival of Weeks, actually. But, but So it's not because of the crucifixion of Jesus? This no, is something and it's that not called Pentecost already... because this is what happened. It's called Pentecost because they were. that's why they were there, right? So they they were already celebrating Pentecost. Right. That, that, that was why they were... In fact, they believe the phrase in Acts is they were all together in one place. And the reason for that was because it was Pentecost, right? Um, we'd just taken over the word. Um, and uh, and it's described as the Holy Spirit comes up upon them with, uh, there's a, a mighty rushing wind and uh, tongues of fire appear above their heads, not to be confused with people speaking in tongues. Uh, that's not the same. This is not the same thing. Um, and then the story says that the disciples were, a, were able to speak in the languages of the people that were around them, right? It was Jerusalem. It was a festival. There would have been a lot of people from different places. And in fact, in the story, it lists various places, various countries. And people uh, hear the disciples uh, sharing the good news of Jesus um, in the language of their, their home country. Uh, except the people, of course, who hear a language they don't understand, or it just sounds like gibberish to them. And they say, oh, they're, look, they're, they're drunk already. I mean, right. it's early in the right. day, but, you know, whatever. And then uh, Peter has to explain, right, that they're not drunk. Um, it's, the, it's the spirit, right? And, and the thing about that is that, that uh, first of all, um, we celebrate Pentecost as the birthday of the church um, because this is a moment at which the disciples were inspired to go and share the good news, right? I'm, I'm never really sure of that that part of the story because it always to me then kind of sounds like the uh, Holy Spirit magically appeared over out of any uh, nowhere, bopped them over the head with a flaming something and off they went suddenly able to do stuff. And, and I think if the Holy Spirit has been, if the spirit has been since the beginning, this was simply the moment in which we figured out how to engage it properly. So it was more and, about a revealing versus yeah, a, what's already in you. Right. 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 Um, and and to them, and the result of that was not that they could um, literally speak different languages, but to me, that's more of a metaphor for the fact that they were able to communicate in a way that not only did people understand what they were saying, 
but it it hit home. It touched their heart, right? In a way that you know, you know, if you um, um, you know, you you say you you come to Canada from a, another country where you've you've spoken another language, you have to learn English, um, or, or even if you're even if you're somebody from Canada and like you're from Newfoundland, but you live in Alberta, and somebody in Alberta comes up to you and uses an expression from Newfoundland who's not from Newfoundland, it touches you in a way that it, if they just said something else that meant the same thing, it wouldn't mean the same to you, right? Yeah, that's a great example. It, it literally hits home. It hits yeah. you where you're from, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the point point of the story. That that's It's not so much the language issue. It's a metaphor for being able to reach people in a way that touches their heart. And to me, that is the truest point of gathering, whether it's Sunday morning or Tuesday night or whenever you gather as a faith community, that's the truest point of that is to to be able to connect with people in a way that touches their heart. That's what inspires people. So if, if it touches your heart, then obviously that's going to give you some, some uh, if you want to call it momentum, into, back, uh, into the rest of your week or into the next day or into the next moment. Could even be for the next hour. The, the thing is that, that because we're all unique individuals, you can't really sort of uh, you can't kind of go, well, I'll hit him with this on Sunday morning. That'll keep him till next week. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you just kind of, uh, hope that it connects with people in a way that gives them something. And, and the thing about that is that, um, I think it's not just a question of, uh, feeling, it's not a question of feeling good. It's a question of feeling like, um, more action will come from what you just experienced, right? Mm. Um, the truest inspiration that the that you could provide by a gathering of people, um, uh, a gathering of a faith community, I think, isn't just to inspire people to want to go out the door and immediately go and help feed the poor and, you know, uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I do. It's to inspire them to want to live differently. So you're not, you're not changing behavior. You're touching them deeply enough that it actually affects their life. And that's also the part that I think is the uh, sort of refreshment of soul thing, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, you can... You can you you can you can get heck you can get that from watching a good movie right, um, or 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 a, a sporting event right. There's an energy like people are excited. There's an energy that's great. That's cool. Um, it, it doesn't last as long as something that touches your heart in a way that is life transforming. Yeah. Right. Um, and being part of a a uh, community of faith should or should do that. It should. Um, it should do that. Um, I we're we're not always really good at that. No, we're we're not. And I th I would be really interested to pull a large number of people, but I th I have the feeling that if you asked a lot of people um, about their faith traditions or their faith practices, or uh, even if they don't wouldn't describe it as faith, but more just as you know wellness uh, practices, self care routines. What do you do mm -hmm. to keep you grounded? Or and I've had I've posed this question to many of the guests that we've had on where we talk about um, what people do to uh, to practice self-care on an ongoing way, uh, whether that's meditation or just having quiet alone time or uh, being reconnecting with nature. Or, uh, I think that a lot of people, if you would if you would ask them, what do you do that keeps your faith alive? the first thing they would probably think of are are the kind of rituals or 
mm-hmm. um, whether it's something that has ceremony wrapped into it or, or ritual, but it, it's about practice. It's about ongoing right. because sure. of that nature of, of things to diminish over time. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is kind of the nature of nature or of natural yeah. systems. Uh, my, uh, I've had a couple of conversations with uh, one guest, uh, Javin Bernakovich, where he talks a lot about the, these parallels between uh, natural systems or systems within, you know, nature and the way we live our lives as humans, because we are, hello, part of nature. And we forget that sometimes, mm-hmm. but just as there's an ebb and flow to everything in nature, whether it's wildfires or the tide or, um, you know, populations of different species that rise and, and then crash, and they, there's a cyclical nature to mm-hmm. everything. And, and we're, we're part of that. So, um, yeah, I think that the, the purpose of having ritual as, as, a, as a huge part of the structure of any religion is that it, it's intended to be that structural element that keeps you in that mode of, or keeps you in that world of practicing that faith, keeping right. that faith alive, keeping it present right. in, your, in your life. Right. So as, as, a, as a tangible example of that, um, I've been exploring meditation uh, on and off for quite a while and um, listening to many different instructors and different uh, teachings on, on meditation. There is this consistent theme of having something that is your, uh, your grounding, um, like picking something that, that grounds you in, into being in the present moment, whether that's just focusing on your breath uh, scanning your your body for physical sensation, whether that's uh, just a, a neutral sensation like the feeling of your hand on your on your lap as you're sitting comfortably, or an an uncomfortable sensation like oh my back's hurting, or just use that as a as a grounding point to being coming back to the present. Um, but it's something that's always there. It's something that no matter where you go and what you're doing in your day or in that moment, it's there. Uh, one meditation I was listening to recently, th- this woman talked about how, you know, notice that uh, a feeling of discomfort or a feeling of pain, even as you attempt to focus your attention on it, that moment has already passed. You're already into a new moment because it's just that, that nature of, the, mm-hmm. of time that it just, it never stops. And so no matter how inspired we are or how painful something is, the moment you've noticed it, it's already gone. And so maybe the one possible answer to this question we're exploring is that it's impossible to keep something, you know, uh, on this, on this constant high, but uh, maybe the, the access to noticing that you've, that you've let it slip away or the, the access to getting it back is noticing that it has slipped away. So without noticing that you've slipped back into your pattern, that you've slipped back into your, um, you know, tranquilized, mm-hmm. obvious way of, of living is to, to get out of it is to notice that, oh, I, I'm back in that pattern again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm not in the present moment. I'm up and I'm kind of in my head and I've, I'm, hmm. I'm lost in thought. And so to, to, to get back to the present moment, you notice that, oh, I'm, there's thinking again. Thinking has kind of come back into my head and I'm just going to let it go again, moment by moment. And so to have tangible, um, tangible practices or traditions or ceremony or 
things like that 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 keep people coming back to yeah okay so the thing about that though the thing about that though is that um ritual is a very personal thing in terms of meaning yeah um i think and um which uh, you know which is all the more reason why when you hit on something that impacts a lot of a uh, significant number of people especially as a group it impacts people as a group um you keep doing that that we call that tradition right um and just to be clear we call that tradition because it's meaningful and has impact that's why we keep doing it doing something simply because we've always done it that way and we'll just keep on doing it because we've always done it that way is not tradition. That's doing it because we've always done it that way and that <laughs> will kill things faster than anything else. Absolutely. Right? Um, and and part of that too is because uh, the other thing that's very personal about ritual is that um, if it worked for you this time, in order to get back to that level, you need to exceed it next time, Right. 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 It's because you're constantly, once you've experienced it, you need more. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think, see, I think one of the things, uh, oh, this really dates me now, but um, Pierre Burton wrote a book once called The Comfortable Pew. Um, I think one of the things that the church is actually very good at is comfortable comfort. We're actually really good at the, we're really good we're at the comfort the, business. Well, we're really good at, um, uh, and I, I don't even want to guess how many, you know, people would feel this way. But uh, think of the number of people who probably you know, are part of a faith community or go to, go to church because it's comfortable. Hmm. They find it comfortable. Um, they they might find that there's some refreshment in it. They might find that there's some inspiration in it. But the thing that they like most about it is that it's comfortable. Why? Uh, how how can you tell that? Um, because they don't like it when you do something that disturbs them, <laughs> and and that's a that's a I think that's kind of a uh, uh, that's actually a good Celtic thing, right? On um, the Iona community, uh, for instance, is is constantly talking about uh, the need for God to disturb us, right? Um, because otherwise we get comfortable, and you know, yeah. uh, and and I think that the church has traditionally been for all the stuff that we've done, <clears throat> we've been really good at, at, uh, people being comfortable, um, whether it's, whether it's something good or bad, um, it gets to be comfortable, right? Which is why people have tended to see tradition as simply being the thing that we do again, because we did it last year. Well, and it can slip into that. Not to mention the fact that we actually do that, right? I mean, just like the year, um, the church year is a cycle. We we yeah. come back to the same things over and over right. and over again. Pentecost is always it's what you said. Always, Fifty days after yep, and, Passover, right? And so the date of Pentecost is it unlike like the day of Christmas is the same date at least, but but things like Easter and Pe- Pentecost and and the Sunday after Pentecost, which is Trinity Sunday, which is a whole different thing. Uh, um, but um, those aren't actually set dates. They are. Um, a set period of time after another date that's computed by, you know, there's lunar cycles and all sorts of stuff like yeah. that. Anyway, um, it is nonetheless still going to be there. Whether it's the exact same day or not, it's still going to be there. Um, and we got really good at, um, and it's not even a question of consistency. It's a question of um, whether people were happy with it or not happy with it, they were comfortable with it. And that's that's the thing we need to get out of that. That's a mm-hmm. that's uh, that's uh, we've been in that rut for two thousand years now. Um, <laughs> almost it makes um, me think of that line from uh, Fiddler on the Roof: "Tradition, yeah. tradition." 
Well, and that's exactly what that that story is about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's not tradition has become it stays the same. It's no longer it's no and and it made that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it isn't still relevant for some, but it does mean that it may not be relevant for all. And the 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 thing is that tradition is only tradition if it's tradition. What do you mean by <laughs> you, that? You know, um, well, it, it and that's what I mean by ritual is kind of a personal thing in a way. Is that if if the tradition is not meaningful to you, continuing to practice it uh, is first of all holding you back. And secondly, it's not no longer serving its purpose. And when it's no longer serving its purpose, why would you keep doing it? You're just doing it because you're doing it. Yeah. Just so in order for tradition to actually be, to function as tradition, it needs to actually be a tradition. Like it has yeah. to have meaning. It yeah. has to have, I see what you're saying. it has to have a way of empowering you or, or moving you or, yeah. or disturbing you or inspiring you, whatever language you want to use. It's got to have some meaning. And uh, we do a lot of stuff that we've, even, even Sunday morning, we do that. Uh, we we we've actually reached a point where I think people think we do that just because we've always done it that way. That trying to explain, even trying to rationalize it as no, actually it's because we've always done it that way because it's the first day of the week, and the story is that it's the day of resurrection, right? Um, when the in the first days, when when the first followers of Jesus were Jews and followers of Jesus, they'd still observe the Sabbath, they'd still go to synagogue, and then on the first day of the week, as the story is told in the Bible, um, they would gather for the day of resurrection, right? right? And then that became Sunday, and that would, I don't even get into the whole debate over what is a, what day is the Sabbath. It's Saturday. Um, um, <laughs> but, got a, but, but, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, we've got a great video with you, Robin, yeah. um, talking about that topic specifically. And you can find that on our Facebook page. But if you search Six Ways from Sunday, there's a video called What is the Sabbath? It's it's like so many of these other things that we say and do, though, is that it has different meaning for different people is the thing. And, uh, and, and simply saying, nope, uh, we belong to this group and this is what we think. That doesn't help, right? Yeah. Trying to trying to define yourself by trying to define yourself self by building walls um, doesn't define you. It cuts you off from the rest of the world. Yeah, and just closes off. Right? It closes off, and 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 the worst part of that is closing off your mind, and and in a way, it's closing off your spirit too, right? It's you're 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 um, actively trying to stop yourself from connecting to others for sure and so that is our nature speaking to be of connected. speaking of building walls so just before we started recording you were we were talking about what we would what we would talk about today and you had this beautiful analogy that i think you wrote about and i haven't read your blog yet this week i need to do that i'm shocked but man. um i love your blog <laughs> and anyone who doesn't read it should check it out but um, and we can, you can find that on our website too, risingspiritministry.com. There's a link there to Robin's blog. But in your blog, you mentioned that you talked about how uh, Jesus was this example for us as a way of living, uh, and that that uh, that way of living that is based in love for for self and love for others is kind of that the foundation. And then oh, we came yeah, along, okay. and, and so okay, so, so you, you can describe it better. Than so that. It, what it came out of was a discussion of the Trinity, because the Sunday after Pentecost, um, which 
and and it's it's like they put the two Sundays that we're going to have to explain the most <laughs> back to back. So Pentecost, um, with its funny name, uh, is about the Holy Spirit. It's about the um, how the Holy Spirit empowers us, uh, and uh, or and I think brings out the spirit that is actually in us to share with others and find a way to connect with others. Right, um, but but the Sunday after the Trinity. So the Trinity is. Uh, uh, the Trinity is an interesting thing because uh, assen- essentially, and I would probably end up using that word a lot in this context, essentially, um, it means the Trinity is a way of describing God that allows for the fact that God is one and yet three persons, right? So in the Christian tradition, we say the Trinity is, uh, well, historically it was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, um, and there's a variety of ways that we describe that. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer is another one. Uh, it's not my personal favorite because I'm not really thinking the Spirit is about sustaining. I think it's about inspiring. But whatever, there's 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 lots. It's a different language. And and that's the thing is that people have, have in the last while, particularly as we seek more language that's more uh, inclusive of things like gender and age and all that kind of stuff, um, we've, we've sought new ways to describe that, right? Which is great because... The thing about the Trinity is it's the Trinity, uh, the word Trinity isn't in the Bible. The word Trinity wasn't used until the third or fourth century. Um, And what happened was in the earliest days of the followers of Jesus, um, the the first, the first followers of Jesus had to somehow come up with a way of, 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 um, I don't want to say rationalize, but Understanding. understanding, sure, understanding the fact that we are inheritors of a tradition, the Jewish tradition of there is one God, a monotheistic tradition, right? There is only one. Right. And yet, now we have Jesus, uh, the Word made flesh, the Son of God, um, Emmanuel, God with us, right? Jesus is God in human form, essentially. Jesus is divine and human, right? And, and, didn't and even, then, didn't Jesus even say at one point, "I I come from the Father"? I am. But I am. Yes. Right. I am not the Father, or something like that. Uh, I I think you're thinking Star Wars up. there. Um, <laughs> no, no uh, seriously. But, Isn't but, there? A... But then he also goes on to talk about the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and that when he's gone, there'll be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's the same Holy Spirit that was in the beginning, right? And and uh, you know, it seems it seems like, and then we start. It seems like we start to go. Then okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's one God, but God's in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning, and and like what? So is there one, or is there three, or what's the deal here? And so the early church came up with a way of explaining that, which they called the Trinity, which literally means tri, three, unity, one, right? Mm-hmm. Three and one, and one and three. And the idea is that I, I'm really grossly abbreviating, but the end result was that the Trinity describes God as being uh, of three persons but one in essence and nature. Okay. Um, that should then prompt you to want to say, what does that mean? <laughs> because it prompted lots of people to say, what does that mean? And people tried to come, that's when people started to come up with something other than sort of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They tried to come up with other ways of describing that. And the result of that was that the, the, the church cracked down on these people because they they were they were heresies, right? Like they're in, and they they have names like there's the Arian heresy and the modalism heresy and the, all of this stuff that came out of ways of trying to explain what the Trinity meant. And then the church stru- the the top of the church structure would go, nope, it's not that. You're excommunicated. That's wow. it for you then. And what happened? I think what happened was 
it went from a very positive way of trying to engage people in figuring out what their relationship with God is, especially since we have a relationship with Jesus, followers of Jesus, right? And then there's the Holy Spirit. Let's figure out our relationship. It turned into a way to define the church, to define the institution. If you believe this, and then we had creeds, right? So there was the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Creed of St. Athanasius, all these creed, creed and faith statements, and you had to subscribe to them or else you were out. And yeah. so it was a way of defining the church. And so I, the way like I politics. describe that, and, 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 and then it starts to feel like, so which is more important to you here then, Jesus or the church? And, oh, you didn't want to ask that question. I'd get you stoned. Um, and actually, still today, you probably don't want to ask that question in a lot of places. <laughs> but, but, um, but to me, that essentially what we did then was we had the foundation, which is Jesus. That is our foundation. We are followers of Jesus. Remember that part about this is how they will know you are followers of mine, that you love one another? Um, we had this foundation, which is Jesus, the one who loves everyone, the yeah. one who shares love with everyone, the one who encourages to love the people who are hardest to love, to love our enemies as much as our friends, to love ourselves and to love our neighbor. Uh, th that That's Jesus the was the foundation on which we then built walls mm -hmm. about how if you don't believe this, you're not in the house. Hmm. You're excluded. We started to draw lines. And we started to draw lines, and we kept drawing those lines, and then we kept refining those lines to the point where we started breaking off pieces of the house. And before you knew it, we went from one universal church to hundreds and then thousands and then different, you know, we now say denominations. But uh, essentially, um, we, 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 on the foundation of Jesus... We built walls that cut us off from other people. Yeah. Or, or I think I think the language that we might have used at the time was protected, the tr protected what is true. Right. That's right. what we probably would have said. And um, I, I can remember actually having this. We had a conversation at St. Andrews College once when I was when I was there as a student. Um, that somebody from the national office had come talk about, and they were talking about. Um, where the church was going in terms of uh, training of ministers and like education of ministers and. And, uh, and, and this is a fairly consistent criticism of the United Church in particular, right? Is that we don't, we, we, we don't know what our theology is, right? So like people ask, might ask you, like, they'd say, Ben, what's the theology? What's your theology? And you'd try and figure out, so, uh, I think what you'd probably, so do I answer that as me or do I answer that as, well, this is the United Church has a, these articles of union. We have some faith statements. We have a creed. Um, do I go with that? And the thing about the United Church is um, the reason we have all that stuff is because, and I think like most progressive churches, um, we're more interested in what your personal relationship with God is in the context of the, of the community. And like we always say, we don't have all the answers to your questions. We'll journey with you as we question together. Yeah. Right. Um, and and so it appears as though we have no definition. And so at this meeting, this fellow from general counsel was was talking about how we need to have some way of having boundaries, so that that people will understand that in order to be part of the United Church, and and he kept saying the word boundary, and when I hear boundary, I hear wall. Sorry, I just do. And, and not because of Trump. Um, it's, it's actually more to do with people who say things like fences, good fences make for good neighbors, right? No. 
I don't think that's true at all. I think good fences make for not knowing the person who lives next door to you, and then they aren't your neighbor, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, um, and and in the moment, and I realize how ridiculous it would have sounded in the moment, but in the moment I thought, mm, we don't want walls. What we want is like the shields on the Enterprise, <laughs> right? Um, because like if you, if you know anything about Star Trek, the Enterprise doesn't have armor, right? Like a tank. It doesn't have armor that you can't shoot through. What it has is these energy shields that it creates a, an energy field that protects the enterprise, right? So right. when you shoot stuff at it, it hits the energy field and then it dissipates or it's, you know, that's how it works. And the thing about that is that you can see through the shields, right? And certain things can pass through the shields, but not the thing that's going to, right? So I, 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 I said that out loud <laughs> that was a big mistake but 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 i think the intention is is real though is that um we don't want walls what we want is a way of uh and i'm not sure exactly what the right word is for that but to have some sort of way of being able to define ourselves with something that allows us to still connect with what's outside of us, that's beyond us, to still embrace those things and engage those things that are beyond us, and and still um, feel secure uh, in our faith. And see, I think that's the thing about, um, you know, if you can't make a joke about religion, uh, that's a problem, because uh, the point isn't that you can't make a joke about it. The point is, is your faith strong enough to to withstand that? Right. And, and, uh, and, and it should be, it should be. Um, in fact, if it isn't, you might want to rethink that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, see, I think that's the thing is that we, we, we started out with the best of intentions, but somewhere along the line, the institutionalization of what we think and bear in mind, like, as I, I, I always say, religion is the structure that we as human beings built on our faith in order that we might understand it better, ideally. Right. And somewhere along the way, that shifted to the institution was more important. Yeah. And and I'm sorry to say it so bluntly, but it the institution became more important than Jesus, the very foundation on which we had built it. And 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 now when when people start when people talk about um, church traditions, and especially when they use the word tradition red flag for me because then I want to know is that something that we're just continuing to do and continuing to claim because we always have or is it something that actually is still meaningful right. yeah. and to me and the Trinity is a really good example of this the Trinity to me um, its truest meaning for me is to draw my attention to relationship with God, mm -hmm. the relationship between, not just between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but just period, relationship, period. Um, so because between you and the God and, and others. And, and each of us. And right. Jesus right. and others, yeah. Um, because, yes, ideally, we want, if, if the Spirit is the power of God at work in the world, then it's all around us, first of all. If Jesus is the example that we follow in, and we want to be able to see Jesus not only in ourselves, but in others, if God, if we are created in the image of God, God is in us, all of those things are there, which means all of those things are ways to connect with God. Right, and for some people, um, Pentecostals, for instance, the spirit is is the key, is a key way to connect. Um, uh, followers of Jesus, 
Jesus is a key way. There are, there are faith traditions, uh, Jewish people, for instance, there is one God that Jesus guy's all very nice, but there's only one God, right? right? The idea that there's a power of God at work in the world, that's great, but I'm just going to say it's the power of God at work in the world. I don't need to call it the Holy Spirit. Um, so people connect in different ways. And like, I, I don't know how many bazillion times I've said it, but um, uh, there are many ways to God. There we are. come to God our own way. So to, to bring it back to this, this question that we were exploring at the beginning around how do we sustain that connection, I think you you're really are answering it beautifully and uh, in a way that really speaks to me in that reconnecting and whether that's with another um, person who shares your beliefs or whether that's connecting with someone who has very different beliefs and exploring that together and and coming to that neighbor, um, that fellow human being with love and with curiosity about what, what they, how they view the world, or whether it's connecting to God through something like nature, like getting your hands in the soil and doing some gardening or doing some yoga or going for a walk or petting your dog or whatever it might be, that those connection points are how you sustain a faith that really is about connection like if, can i what can i what steer is you your... away from sustain can i can i try sure, and steer you but, away from but sustain? I, let me just finish this 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 thought is that i don't know that there i don't know that there is any such thing as a faith in whatever flavor color language you want to describe your faith but that isn't about connection so connection Fair enough. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it maybe is that way of, and I'm using the word sustain, yep. and, and you can you can substitute well, that with whatever. Reason, but I think that's I, the path. I, the I only reason it's... I try and steer you away from sustain is because, again, first of all, I think sustain to me sustain is uh, you have to sustain something because it's going backwards. It's it's dying. It's you know. And to be fair, we are <laughs> right. Um, but but th- this is the this is the reason why uh, whether whether it's Sunday morning or not. Um, and for lots of people, that's still the, the go-to, right? Um, this is why we need to gather um, regularly. Whether that's in church on a Sunday morning or whether you take a walk every day or you play with your dogs every day or whatever it is that you do, um, the reason that you need to do it regularly is because uh, it, it, you need to recharge regularly. You're using energy. You need to get it. Right? Yeah, you you're you're using you're using the the energy which is your spirit. You need you need to get more, um, and so you need to do it regularly. Um, and um, the thing about the the great thing about one of the great things about church is that that if you gather if you are gathering regularly, whatever time it's at, um, and you're gathering with other people, it's not just the you're not just relying on the odds of what you're bringing. You're relying on the fact that, that, and you are able to, that others will bring things too. Right. And if we're open to that and we're willing to engage that, that, that to me is the most, you, you, can, you can try and come up with some cool way of some sort of activity that you can do in church or, or hey, I found a cool new song or a hymn or, you know, or um, here's some really interesting language for a prayer. Um, you can do that all you want, um, but, uh, but it's what you bring. Right, and you're 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 hoping that people will respond to it. Yes. Right, um, and if they do, that's awesome. Do it again. <laughs> as um, long as it has as, meaning. as long as it has meaning for them. So if it doesn't, stop it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a perfect point to a- um, 
at which to ask you the last question I had in my mind for this episode, and that is um, on a personal level for you, Robin. What what do you find um, has meaning for you that brings you back to or replenishes you or, or s- sustains and keeps you connected to God, to, to spirit uh, throughout the week? Like between, and I mean, you're working, you're... <laughs> I know that my kids probably have it in their minds that you only work on Sunday mornings, <laughs> but I know that probably you're not just your kids either. Uh, so uh. obviously you're, you're at the church lots, you're at the, in Pinoca and in here in Basha. Um, and you're, you're, you're constantly connected to and engaged in, in various church activities and writing your blog and doing this podcast. And there's lots of stuff that are, that's weekly for you, but just in your personal life, when you're not wearing the collar, um, what what do you what do you find uh, replenishes or sustains you? Um, well, okay, let me answer that uh, two ways. Uh, one is that there's the things that, um, and this is relates to what we were just talking about too. Um, there are the things that you um, uh, plan or program or well, I don't know what language you want to Schedule. use from that. Do yeah, do consistently or or um, <coughs> excuse me, literally make time for. Um, and, uh, and that is, uh, for me, that's, um, uh, well, I better, I better say these in the right order. Um, that's, uh, you know, sitting on the couch with Lori or like we sometimes like we'll sit in the back room and we're each doing work, but we're at the same table, like next to each other. And, and that's, that's, that's cool. Um, that's, that's always good. Uh, and, uh, another reason this, actually, I talked about this at a meeting with a bunch of other ministers and it kind of got me in trouble because they thought I was being ridiculous and I'm totally not. I lie on the floor and play with the dogs. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you can't go wrong that. with that. And you know, like especially, especially Chewy, uh, one one of my dogs is one of those dogs that y- you like. They're perpetually happy and upbeat and always glad to see you, and they always want to play and they always want to be with you. And and like that's so uh, powerfully affirming that it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's totally. wonderful. Isn't there like a thing called uh, puppy therapy? I'm where, sure there is, and if there isn't, there ought to be. I, I think it was like a Upworthy or something video. I'm sure there's like puppy yoga have, and I'm sure all sorts is. of stuff like but that. But they had this like little pen where they just have all these puppies, yeah. and well, you people can do go in and, too, right? Yeah, you can, just make uh, you. Although why you would, you I don't know, because cats are evil. But, um, <laughs> uh, but. Um, uh, it's, so that's 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 two things that I would do, yeah. and, and I used to do stuff like I used to walk, I used to uh, uh, read, and like used to stuff like that. And you know, of course, those are the first things that go when you're too busy. But um, and would fall in the category of yes, you should. But you know, um, uh, I I know it's going to sound awkward to a lot of people that I didn't immediately include prayer in that, um, although that is that is true too. Um, but to be perfectly honest with you. Um, the connection of the other two things is more important to me than the just the personal moment of prayer. Um, and then there's the things that happen that you didn't foresee happen uh, the, on a regular basis. And those unplanned. are connected to things. Yeah, those are connected to things like, you know, um, I, I had a wonderful conversation with uh, um, a family yesterday about um, a celebration of life for their mother. And it was, uh, you know, those are those kind of conversations can be super difficult and super challenging. And it was, uh, it was very positive and very, it was, it was, it was a great conversation. Um, and, 
um, you know, she'd had a great life and, and uh, they had uh, really interesting things to say. We talked about, we even talked about the difference between religion and faith and stuff. It was, it's just a really great conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, you, uh, somebody just sort of walks up to you and starts a conversation and, you know, great. Or, um, you, uh, you know, you go and do something thinking it's just going to be one of those ordinary moments. And then, you know, it's like you, you, uh, oh, you put it off, you put it off, you put it off, but finally, yeah, you have to cut the grass. It's just going to, you're just going to be tired, right? You're just gonna, and then when you're done, you actually feel a little bit more energized and Hey, the lawn looks great. And they, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. like that. And that doesn't happen all yeah. the time, but you know, it, that's one of those moments where, yeah, you got to do it. But then you might find that, that something else comes from that, right? Yeah. And and so there's I, I always think there's there's those two there's always those two things you need to have the things that you make the time for, um, because you you actually can't uh, uh, you you can't bank on there being a, one of those moments uh, all it the time. It just comes along randomly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just so you you try and engage in those things that have some yeah. uh, routine to them. Um, I like that. And then, of course, you know, uh, of course, uh, I would mean also church on Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> but then also just being open to those spontaneous or well, random and, and or that's unplanned. A key, that's yeah, that's definitely a, a key part of that is is uh, is openness to yeah. to those things happening. I mean, we're always reminding people to look for Jesus and others, or or to be open to the the spirit and and things happening in the moment. Um, and and that's that's how that works. That's yeah. how those things happen. It's hard hard though if you're not present. If you're lost in your thoughts, like back to yeah. mindfulness, and that that's on my mind a lot because I'm exploring that right now as one of my kind of ways of yeah. um, trying to build uh, routine or, or have positive uh, well being uh, habits into my life, into my kind of day by day life. Um, but yeah, those I love how you describe that as kind of those two different modes or, or ways, the things that you you know are good for you that always bring you back to um, to feeling uh, well or balanced yeah. or grounded or connected to God. Whole, so, yeah, to feeling whole, right? But the, and then also the things that mm-hmm. just end up making you feel whole that you didn't plan that, for. Right. That's why the connection piece, the relationship, actually. Going back to the Trinity too, right? That's why why the relationship piece is so important. Is is it's that connection, um, that sense of connection, not just to another person or to a place or to a thing, but it's that that connection brings you a sense of uh, a wider connection and a and a bigger sense of wholeness, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that that's awesome, Robin. I think we're at a good point to to wrap it up for today. But thank sure. you for bringing your life to this conversation, oh, sharing with me some of the stuff that, that you find meaning in. And it's just, as always, your wisdom and uh, knowledge about everything from just, you know, biblical stories and and the, the history of, of our Christian faith to You're trying to provide Star Trek references moments, and everything else. Well, yeah, uh, no, you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that, but what, yeah. yeah, maybe. It's Hopefully okay. It I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep stroking. Yeah. Um, no, this was this was really awesome. So thank you. And cool. um, yeah, anybody anybody listening to this, uh, we honestly love hearing from people that listen to the podcast. Actually, lately we have um, been increasing our audience somewhat. 
which is really exciting. But no, we, we seriously love hearing from people. And with this conversation in particular, um, I'm genuinely curious. I would love to hear what, uh, what you do throughout your week or day uh, that helps you to, to stay connected to, um, to God or to help you feel grounded, to, to help you feel whole, as Robin said. Um, so we'd love to hear from you and uh, would also love it if you would share uh, the podcast with friends or family that might, uh, might enjoy listening. And uh, thank you for listening today and we'll hope to catch you uh, the next episode of Six Ways from Sunday. Take care. <laughs>